A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 196. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. For those of you who don't know, Fabian van Vrenkam is a co-founder of Valpio, a managing partner at the Accord Group Belgium Leadership Advisory Company, and author of Disruption at Work. Fabian is passionate about the next wave of leadership. In a world that has accelerated, a business landscape that can shift in an instant, and the responsibility to direct an entire organization with its success or failure on the line, Fabian knows that just focusing on traits and habits of those who've succeeded before as a model to measure and emulate simply isn't enough to succeed in the future. And he has over a decade of HR experience wearing many hats along the way, collecting data and leading him down a new path. Fabian's curiosity and passion for the next wave of leadership led him to co-found Valpio, a startup focusing on developing the leaders of tomorrow. They help to create a sense of belonging and a context in which people and organizations are enabled to unfold their authenticity and full potential. They help to create value and stay relevant. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn 
to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryeshai.com slash coaching. Our Insight Sunday conversation is so packed and full of value that you're getting a double dose this week. In part one, Fabian shares how his decade plus of HR experience led him down a path of learning and data collecting to figure out a more effective and comprehensive model to understand and create high performance at work and in leadership. In part two, Fabian and I dig deeper into concepts and factors that contribute to high performing leaders and companies. And now without further ado, join me in welcoming Fabian van Vrenken. Welcome, Fabian. Hi, nice meeting you. Pleasure. Such a pleasure to have you here. I am really excited. And I want to say, first of all, thank you for grabbing a seat with me on the business couch today. And on Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of entrepreneurs and business leaders to uncover insights into how your mind works and extract tangible takeaways to learn and implement. But I really feel like there are two levels here. One is getting to know you and your story, which I really want to start with. And another one is, of course, the work that you do with leaders and leadership and organizations, which I think is so important because as I was kind of learning about you, seeing how you've really kind of pulled apart and learned about what leaders need and what organizations need in order to be able to succeed is just so valuable. So I really can't wait to dive into both of those. But I just wanted to ask if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what the story was that led you to co-found Valpio. So I started in um, as a managing partner of Accord Group Belgium in 2005 when I bought the company, reflecting on how could we reduce the risk of recruitment. Hmm by starting to look at not only what leads to success, but also what leads to failure. Mm. Um, and by doing so, it took me three years to dive in all the research been done in, in Europe and the United States and in other places in the world and got confronted with the ability how people deal with uh, the complexity, uh, how they build mental models of the reality around them uh, in order to adapt to that reality. And that led to what we do today giving a more in-depth perspective of an individual or an organization where they stand, how they think, uh, how they feel, and how they like to act. So we try to focus on what we call leader-to-context alignment by good understanding what is the context your organization is in today and how complex or how simple is that context. And do you have the ability to deal with that complexity as Mm. a first priority? And once we get a good understanding of that, we look at what do you value, what drives you, what gives you desire, what gives you anxiety, and what are your behavioral preferences that will allow you to act in a successful way in a given context. So we we like to go beyond competence models where you try to get an understanding of an individual in relation to certain given circumstances, what competence models are and define criteria for certain circumstances. But the problem is that circumstances evolve so fast that your models get easily outdated and they are more a prescription of the past than a prescription of the future. So Mm -hmm. we try to understand the why of the person to put him in context, him or her in context that fits that why. And that is what we do. And that is the the difference we try to make with the purpose to not only reduce risk, but get people in flow so that they can be the full selves in that context that fits their way of thinking, feeling, and acting. 
That's a lot. And I know you're putting a lot into what is a kind of really short or try to be really clear description of what's going on. So if it's okay, I want to dig into a few pieces of that. Uh, So one thing I heard, I heard a few, I think, really important things. One is that because change is happening so fast, it outstrips the mental models that we create in order to kind of function in the world around us. And one of the problems around that or that creates its own kind of problem, which is when you have a leader who's relying on these mental models, if you're just looking at their behaviors, their traits, if you're just looking at certain pieces of these models or how they show up, then that's also going to get outstripped by all of these changes. And if you're not addressing that in the leadership and understanding that in a more deep way for the organization and how the leadership fits in the organization, that's their context. And maybe the context of the kind of business environment, the business landscape that they're in, then what's going to happen is that they're going to keep relying on these models but the situation and the circumstances are going to keep outstripping them. And then they're going to be kind of left in the dust or they're going to be an antiquated way of trying to adapt or respond to all of these new or complex situations. And what I'm hearing is to try to solve that problem, what you've really done is you've said, okay, let's take a step back and look at a few different things. One is let's actually look at how leaders handle complexity. And Are they able to handle complexity? Do they just apply previous models? Are they able to shift or maybe learn and getting a little bit more nuance into what is it that goes on for them when they're faced with complexity? A second thing I heard is that you look at in a deeper way, not just a person's behaviors, but also their thought process and the feelings that they experience and perhaps what they do or how they handle those, both the thought process and the feelings in addition to their behaviors. So in a sense, what you're looking at is more about the underlying processes that happen that contribute to determining our decisions and our actions. Decisions are frequently driven by our emotions, our feelings, and our feeling system, whether or not we're aware of it, as well as the thought process, the beliefs, we call them automatic thoughts in the psychology field, right? That And again, this ties itself into some of those mental models. It also ties itself into, well, how flexible are some of those things? And looking at not just do they have these particular behaviors or attributes or traits, do they have X or Y or Z habits, which I know is such a huge focus in leadership and in the entrepreneurship world and the business world is like, you know, millionaire habits, seven habits of highly successful people, atomic habits, that these things are so canvassed. And they're so kind of well covered in a sense, but they're also a little too highly focused on. Yeah, absolutely. So, and um, they, in a way, create belief systems because when you have a certain perspective of reality, you're going to act upon it. You're going to decide, make a judgment and act upon it. Mm -hmm. If you believe that to become the best, you need to improve the system, you will focus on improving the system. Mm -hmm. But if you believe and you're certain that the world is going to evolve, you can reflect on how you can be the best tomorrow Hmm. by anticipating change, Hmm. which is a completely different mental model. You don't look at what is there. You start looking at everything that is not yet there. Hmm. So it's no longer about optimizing the present. It's about creating the future. And that is one of the differences in mental models you see. You Hmm. can start reflecting on how do I create more value within a given context by looking at the current and future needs within that context, or you can start reflecting on 
the role you like to play within that context and how you can use new science, new technology, new um, perspectives to um, start playing under other roles. Very successful uh, startups, for instance, the big ones, what they initially did is reflect on role. What is the purpose? Why are we here? And that's one of the reasons for which purpose has become more and more important. Mm. Uh, it, at that stage of mental modeling, that we start seeing a difference in real growth in businesses. So it's no longer only about what we do, but also why are we here? And is there other ways of being here? Can we play other roles in society that can be useful and helpful? And that's quite a complex perspective. Mm. The effect of what you are installing then takes longer, but it will last longer for that same reason. If you change the way we make coffee. Once you integrate that in your lifestyle, it's bye-bye for all those who don't offer you the same system mm. to make that coffee. So being a coffee producer then is less relevant. If me, I'm interested in making a good cup of coffee and not only buying a good quality coffee, which is completely different. And you see that in different industries, how by getting a more in-depth understanding of the context, first of all, and of your awareness, what's your place you take within that value chain and what will make sense to society, not only to your customers, but what will make sense to society tomorrow that you can start building a bigger, broader, more complex mental model where you can see new opportunities. And business is about managing risks and opportunities. Uh, and if you want to grow, it's not only about maintaining your risks low, but increasing the level of opportunities you have. Mm. There is a lot in there again. And I think there's so much to dig into that it's really important and helpful to, to take a step back and look at some of that. So what I'm hearing is I heard a couple of things that really stuck out to me. One is that there's a difference between oriented only in the present and thinking only about how can I optimize what I'm currently doing or experiencing in the business today versus looking into the future and saying, what is tomorrow going to look like? And how do I move and kind of lead the organization to be prepared for? How do I lay the groundwork for tomorrow and then create something that is going to fit better for tomorrow or create a better tomorrow? And that seems to link up very much with what you were just talking about in terms of understanding the context. There's context as far as the three dimensions of today. And then there's also the dimension of time, which is what's happening tomorrow. And that's a much more complicated model than just looking at, okay, what's happening here and now that really takes time out of the equation. And all you're looking at is the, maybe if depending on your KPIs, you know, if you're only looking at one thing, then your model is going to be fairly simple. But if you're looking at two or three things, it can get a little bit more complicated. Once you're adding time and you're looking at the future, now you're looking at a much more textured landscape and a landscape that's changing changing over time. And that's a very different kind of model. And it entails a very different type of thinking. It also takes a lot of energy to cultivate that. And at the same time, there's significant consequences for those who do cultivate it versus those who don't. And that really bears out in some of the much larger and more well-known and successful technology companies. Yeah. And the uncertainty increases eh? because uh, if you would be a painter, you can paint a, a landscape that you see uh, in front of you. Eh? Mm-hmm. That's quite easy to do in a certain way if you built your expertise in painting. Mm -hmm. 
the next time you do it, you make, can make a better painting. Yeah? But you're painting something very tangible. It is already there. Yeah? Mm. If I would ask you to paint the dreams of society tomorrow, it becomes a little bit more complex. Mm-hmm. A director in any company, uh, C-level people, they need to be able to write down the dreams that needs to be addressed tomorrow. Mm. Uh, they're not here to make the current painting better. And for that, mm. they have managers. Mm. They're here to create new realities, to stay relevant. So you can be the best today. doesn't mean that you're going to stay the best. Uh, depends mm-hmm. on what you're looking at. It doesn't make sense to improve the present if uh, in the future it will no longer need it because somebody else is building another mental model and creating a new reality that makes more sense to us, that's better to our lifestyle, that creates more value for uh, different stakeholders. So what's the point then of, of improving the current situation if uh, it will no longer be effective within a few years? Mm. And that. They, those stages, you've seen them from an economical perspective. In, in what I always say, in the 70s, it was all about improving the present, being more efficient. In the 80s, 90s, it was all about creating new experiences. And then came lifestyle, fundamentally changing not only the offering, but the role we play to adapt and create a new lifestyle for people. And, and today it's about the even broader perspective. How do we contribute something to society without taking something back. We, corporate social responsibility has become very important. You can add something without destroying something. Mm. And so we're in that stage now. Uh, value systems evolve. There needs to be a far better balance between what you add and what you take out of it. So um, the context in which we then operate uh, remains viable for everybody. And that makes far more sense to people today. It wasn't the case mm. 30, 40 years ago. Eh? Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 